Hey guys, today I want to talk about something that I think is super important. If you follow Jesus, if you're in the church, maybe you're a pastor, maybe you're just a leader in the church, I want to talk about honor. And this word honor, I believe, has been used a lot in the church, which as it should be, right? I believe honor should be talked about. It's obviously a very biblical principle. But today I want to talk about why it potentially could be a dangerous slippery slope to be in an honor obsessive culture. So we're, we're going to be unmasking today the, the distorted culture of honor uh, that we see in 2023. So thanks for tuning in. Um, this will be a pod. So if you're listening to it, thank you so much. If you're watching on YouTube, seriously appreciate it. Make sure to like and subscribe this. Uh, the typical things that influencers and uh, creators say, we're going to jump right in. So there's, there's obviously a culture of honor prevailing uh, in, in church. And we're going to dive into some scripture and kind of have an honest conversation about this. And uh, I had to obviously do a lot of research and, and also just processing in my personal experience with this, because I've been a part of multiple churches. I've been a part of three and uh, the environment in which honor serves the vision of the church is different in every church, but I believe the principles and themes can remain the same. So I want to I want to read two scriptures and then kind of break it down in some key points practically so we can all grow together. So Romans 12, 10, mutual honor and respect among believers, but twisted by some to serve their own agendas. Holy smokes. So Romans 12, 10 is, is talking about mutual honor and respect among believers. And what you'll see is uh, in the next um, scripture anyways, we, we see this, this concept of honor. And there's, there's layers to honor. There's different types of honor. Uh, you would hear a preacher, a guest preacher always say like, the Bible says give honor where honor is due very much uh, appropriate. We should honor our mothers and fathers. It's obviously a commandment in scripture. Should honor our husband and wives, our spouses, our children, our fellow believers, and the the hierarchy in the church. So the the pastors, the the prophets in the in the Old Testament, the New Testament, we'd see uh, honor basically just being weight. It just means the weight of somebody's um, not just role, but character. And we're going to kind of jump into that a little bit. But uh, Romans 12.10 and 1 Timothy 5.7. And um, 1 Timothy 5.17 really talks about leaders misusing honor um, as a tool. And we don't ever want to use honor as a tool uh, of control. We don't want to use it as a tool of uh, advancement for one another. Um yeah, we don't we don't want to be the person who uh, even enforces enforces honor upon other people. It's not it's not healthy. It's not a healthy environment. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a main point here. We're gonna uh, have some honesty about honor. So we we want to we want to strip away the the veil and bring honesty to the forefront um, because what happens when we are honest, we can actually heal together. Because I'm sure that you've been a part of uh, maybe an experience or one specific time that that honor might have been misused and it might not have. I might honestly, I might be saying honor and you're already uh, having an emotion flare up based on an experience. 
So we want to we want to strip away the the veil of uh, toxic honor and positive honor. So um, we want to we want to shed some light on some hidden motives possibly behind the obsession with honor, uh, and those are some some bigger bigger things. But to be honest, we we all have felt this right. We want to feel valued, no matter who you are, no matter if you are 15 and freshly saved in your youth group or you're 75 and been a lead pastor for 20 years, 50 years, whatever, we all have a tendency to feel like we deserve something. And and as we should, right? Like we, we've put in our hard work. God has specifically designed us to be a part of a church. Um, he's designed us to build a church, maybe lead a church, plant a church, whatever. Um, so you know, honor is obviously um, is given. And I believe that when we mutually agree upon what honor is, which honor is given weight. And just to be clear, God actually deserves all glory and honor and all praise. It's him who actually delegates honor to his people. So keep in mind, all of this is his. Nothing frustrates me more when I hear about my church, my ministry, my people. It ain't yours. You're not that great. None of us are. We don't have anything. God is the owner, and he distributes it to the people he entrusts to build his church. So the toxic culture, uh, really, really the word is just entitlement, right? You don't want to demand honor. You want to earn honor. I once heard honor is not expected, it's earned. And I actually can concur with that. I think I agree with that. Again, that's a principle. It's not necessarily a truth, but it, but it is. It, it's earned. If you expect something out of somebody, think about this. If the way I treated my wife, the way you treated your spouse was, hey, I expect you to love me. Let me know how that goes. You don't want to expect anything out of something but what you should do is you should earn it. The reason why my wife loves me in most times, right, is I serve her well. And she sees the fact that I serve her so well, there's a genuine honor that happens that says, man, this guy has my best interests in mind. I'm going to listen to him. Like I said, honor just means weight. So there's actual weight behind my words. And there's a weight behind their submissiveness. I'll say that. So there's there is a deception that happens, and and it never starts that way, right? There's a bunch of uh, obvious reasons, but the the entitlement and uh, when honor is demanded, what you will end up having is a bunch of busy bees. You will never have people who actually believe in what you're doing and say man, I feel like I can express who God has created me to be underneath them. What will end up happening is you'll have a group of yes men or yes women or both who are scared to confront the person or talk to the person. So the transparency that comes from the leader is actually what creates this mutual love for one another, which enables you to show honor to one another. Like we said in Romans, He's talking about honoring one another because the reality is we're all sons and daughters of Christ and we all are brothers and sisters in Christ as well. So if you're a son, I'm a son, 
regardless of my position, we can actually show honor and love and wait to one another because of the fact we're going to the same place when we die. We all were the same people before we gave our lives to Jesus. Somehow in our environments, what we do is we get so obsessed of what we've done and we actually flip the coin. And instead of honoring others, we expect honor towards us. And then you know this, you're not naive. Anytime you turn the gospel or turn the mission of Jesus towards yourself, you are no longer on the mission of Jesus. The mission of Jesus is what? To seek and save the lost and to build disciples. Cool. Both of those things are very others focused, right? I want to seek and save the lost. Cool. That's my mission. I'm going to do that. I'm going to reach other people and build disciples. It doesn't say make other people disciple you, make other people follow you. That's not actually how it works. So we want to we want to be transparent. And we know that in James 5.16, right? It says, confess sins to one another so you may be healed. This starts from the top down. It does not start from the bottom up. The reality is, if you're a leader, if you're a church leader, and you lead with confession, if you lead with entrusting people and making them aware, hey, I'm just as imperfect as you. We're on this mission together. Let's grow. Let's be more like Jesus. So you can save the lost. Let's build disciples. That's a winning team right there. And that's how you actually develop true biblical honor is through confession. Because if we don't, if you have a leader who doesn't confess, I'll just say this. If you, don't, if you have a leader who basically hides themselves, their, the reality of their, their humanity, their brokenness, if they hide that, what they're doing is they're protecting their image. And when you protect an image, that means you're hiding from something or someone. And when you hide from somebody, you're removing yourself from the environment God placed you in. God placed you in that church for a reason, to lead it, and to be like himself, right? Because when you create an illusion of who you are, what you're doing is you're starting to shape yourself like a king. And we know this, Jesus Christ is the king, a.k.a. there cannot be two kings in one castle. If there's two kings in one castle, what is it I'm having? They fight, and good luck with that. You'll never win against Jesus. So do not be the perfect leader who has no mistakes and forces people to look at you as a hierarchy, this, this mega, mega star. We're not mega stars. We're faithful servants. You cannot be a superstar in the kingdom. You can't. It doesn't work. So if you're if you are a leader who is perceiving yourself as untouchable, or you think that not sharing your faults or insecurities or idiosyncrasies with the people who are following you as you follow Jesus, just so you know, you sharing and being vulnerable with people is not going to hurt your leadership. It will actually accelerate your leadership accelerating your leadership i think is our goal right we all want to become better we want to be better leaders um but the but the excessive honor the excessive forced honor of perceived again it's a perceived personality it's a perceived humanity because no matter who you are you have faults you have brokenness we know all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of god aka 
you've fallen short of the glory and honor God gets because you aren't God. You are not. You are his creation. And we know all the way from Genesis, we're broken. We're sinful. We're hurting. We're lost people without our Savior. So you're not a Savior. You're not a superstar. You're a faithful servant. So we've stripped away the illusion. We, we have announced and pronounced ourselves as humans. The illusion of being a king is no longer there. So what is honor? I'll, I'll say this. Honor in itself is a medication. That's from John Piper. Honor is medication. It actually can heal. It actually can um, produce great things. But if you overdose on it, it's not good. And you don't want to overdose on honor. Because what will end up happening is like I just said, in about six months, and again, it's not, it's a slippery slope, but it's a long game. It's you, you take excessive feedback, you feel great about yourself, and you stop giving glory to God. And you start to think, man, I really am a big deal. I think I am. I'm doing good. I'm crushing it. People like me. That's a scary place to live, my friend, because the day you fall, you want to be the person who has given so much grace and love and already fostered an environment where people accept you, love you, and will challenge you and know that you are not perfect. And I don't mean fall as in like a massive scandal. That's extremes. We don't talk, that's like 1%. I'm talking about the day-to-day. They see you as a human being. And that is beautiful because when people see you as a human, they know they can approach you, they can talk to you, they can be normal around you. Because we've all been around leaders where we have to pretend like we have to be uptight. Like, oh gosh, I can't say this. I can't, I can't be myself around them. They might think of myself differently. Forget all that. You're a human, they're a human. Treat them as if they're human. And that's not, that's not saying don't honor somebody. Honor, like I said at the very beginning, honor is biblical and it's mandated. You should be able to show honor and respect just as much as they should as you. It's a mutual thing. And if it's one-sided, that is where it's no longer biblical and it's wrong. So we said, all right, we're no longer a king. We're no longer a superstar. We're a faithful servant. The, the illusion is stripped away. True leadership is what? It's servant leadership. You need to serve the people God has entrusted you. Maybe it's 10 people in a small group and you're killing it and you're saying, man, I think my ego is getting a little large and ego is simply edging God out. You don't want to edge God out. You want to give him the glory. And I remember the first time I ever preached my lead pastor, I was like 17, no idea what I was doing. And I remember him saying, after this, you're going to get a good amount of people come up to you and saying, Hey, great, great job, man. That was such a good message. It impacted me so much. Do not say, Oh dude, it's all God. It's all God, man. It's all God. Because reality is it wasn't all God. He used you. He used a vessel. He used a human being. Simply say, thank you so much. That's it. Don't say anything less. Don't say anything more. Just say, hey, thank you. And what you're, end up, what you're doing is you're putting all those thank yous in your pocket. The end of the day, end of the night, before you leave the church, when everyone's gone, go to your office, go to the auditorium, whatever. Get on your knees and give all those thank yous back to God. Give him the glory. You don't deserve any glory. You might deserve some, hey, great jobs. Hey, that was awesome. Good job. That's, that's honor. That's proper honor. Thank you so much. So give that, but then give God the glory. So say thank you. Don't 
Because the reality is, if you'd say, oh, that's all God, that's all God. What that is, is that's pride stirring up in you because you're scared to accept the reality that God actually is using you. That's a really beautiful thing. So say thank you and move on. So uh, we don't we don't want to be rock stars. We're not rock stars. We're not kings. We're authentic, vulnerable leaders who no matter what, at the end of the day, every night, we all go to bed together. We all go to bed at the same time. Not. We're all different, right? We all have the same principles in our lives. We're all humans. We're all broken. We all are hurting. We're all work in progresses. But an authentic, humble leader is who people want to follow. They want to follow a humble person who says, nobody will serve more than I will. Nobody will confess my faults more than myself. Nobody will serve the people underneath me more than myself. You got to be the person, you got to be the CSO, you got to be the chief, chief servant officer, man. Because the people who are underneath you deserve that. They don't deserve to serve a king. Most of us, most of my audience, myself included, live in America. We don't have kings here. We have a president, we have Congress, we have the government, we have our local government, we have police officers, we have firefighters, we have our military. You don't have a king, and you're not, you're not a king, man. You're not a king. You're not a superstar. You're not, uh, and and it might hurt. It might you might be feeling something inside of you that is offended. Uh, what that is is it's actually an indicator from Holy Spirit that says maybe I need to actually heal from something, because when we embrace authenticity and humility, healing happens. So so shed the false facade, shed the oh I don't know fakeness. I'll just say that don't be fake. You need to foster genuine relationships. You got to be the pioneer of that. You got to start that. Because I'll, I'll I'll wrap up with this. We got we got to challenge the status quo, man. I'm so sick of seeing uh, scared people serving in the church to be around their lead pastor. You shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be intimidated by them. They're human beings. Yes, they have a they have a calling by God. So honor that. Thank them for what they're doing. Obviously, but if their personality is too big for you to have a conversation with, and that's not everybody, right? The, 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 uh, the lie that says the lead pastor, it's the same spirit. If you can imagine this, it's the same spirit of the new attendee who only wants to meet the lead pastor. I'm only going to meet with him. He's the only one who has all the answers. That is the same spirit as a lead pastor who says, everyone needs to honor me. This is my, this is my church. I built this honor me. Same spirit, it just looks different. Both of those are lacking humility and servanthood and awareness that says, I can learn from anybody. If you're if you're a follower of Jesus, we can actually get coffee and I can grow from that. I don't actually need the lead pastor. So both of those things are completely wrong. But we need to challenge the status quo as leaders in the church. We need to step up and be aware of our faults because if you're not aware of it, you don't know you have them. That's a bigger problem for different podcasts, but you need to challenge the status quo of saying, man, I will not be a king in a castle. I'm going to be a servant in the church that God placed me. Because in scripture, it says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, right? It doesn't say you will. It doesn't. Nowhere in scripture. He's, he used Peter. Peter's a rock in which he stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. God's the rock um, and he's the chief cornerstone. So you 
your responsibility, no matter if you just got saved and you serve in the parking lot or you're the lead pastor, is the same. It's to serve. It's to be humble. It's to listen. It's to listen to the people who are hurting in your church, in your city. Is We get so caught up in the mundane work of church that we miss the mission of God. The church, I've heard this a lot. The church is a business. No, it isn't. It isn't. A business is what focused on capital gain. A church is focused on people, humanity, the brokenness, the the hurting people who need you, and the people who follow Jesus for 60 years and work at FedEx and they have a killer marriage and they're doing incredible. That is what we should celebrate more than a pastor who preaches a couple times a year for 50K, uh, whatever. It's just like, what are we doing, man? Like, honor is biblical. The principle of it is. But that's honor. You cannot redefine what God already defined in his word. So the the definition of honor isn't go fold my clothes and or else or pick up my dry cleaning or, oh, my gosh, you got me distilled water versus sparkling. We're going to have a conversation on Monday. It's like, are you kidding me? What is this? Like, that's ridiculous. And And if you're in that environment, I'm going to tell you this. I've been in environments like this. It's not, it's not bad to share your experiences. Um, what has, ends up happening is you get tricked into the lie that one, I'm the only one going through this and, or you can't talk about this because you're dishonoring the leader. And I've heard this scripture quoted so much out of context. I won't touch the Lord's anointed. I won't, I won't touch the Lord's anointed. Here's the problem. They're talking about David, and if you don't know this story in the Bible, David, we all know him. He's the one who killed Goliath. He did much more things than that. That's just the one story that Christians always use, which is not bad. It's a great scripture. It's in the Bible. Um, But there's a a time where David is hiding in a cave, hiding from Saul and Saul's army, and they're they're trying to find David. They're trying to get him. They're playing hide-and-seek, and... What happens is David sees Saul. Like, it's almost like a movie. Like, he sees him, but Saul doesn't see him. And he has a knife or a sword, whatever. Walks up to him. And he has every, not right, but potential to kill Saul. And he doesn't. He cuts off a piece of his robe. And we know ro- uh, the robe is a sign of royalty. It's a sign of, this is the guy. This is this is our king at the time. Keep in mind, his Old Testament is before Jesus. He cuts the robe off. And he says, what? He doesn't kill him, but the point of it is, I won't touch the Lord's anointed doesn't mean what we think it means. When David is quoting this, he's saying, I'm not going to kill him. I don't, think, I don't think you should murder your leader either. I think that's bad. Don't do that. That's, that's not okay. That's very aggressive, obviously. Don't do that. It's bad. Murder of that. Don't do that. But he doesn't say, I won't confront my leader. He did. He cut it off the rope. A sign and significance of, hey, I have just as much power as you, and I'm also anointed king. So you, as the listener of this, you have every right to confront your leader the proper way, which is one-on-one accountability. And if they don't listen to that, bring somebody else in, bring a friend. And so it's two-on-one, confront them. If they don't listen to that again, Bring the spouse in. The spouse is an objection. Bring the elders in. And if the elders, you got to peace out because then it's no longer biblical. It's not okay. 
So if you see something out of character, and we can, you can read Titus, you can read First and Second Timothy to understand what the actual church leader should look like. But you, you got to know this. Not everybody's like this. And the worst thing you can do is leave the church altogether because you've had one experience with one bad person. If giving honor in excessive ways, toxic, or experiencing it, um, should we do it, right? And the reality is we should, because like I said at the very beginning, and I've said it over and over, the, the concept of honor is very biblical. It's a mandate and a commandment, actually. But the problem is God will not be mocked, and God will not be your side chick. He is your primary and only savior. Your leader was not your savior. Yes, he was there when you gave your life to Jesus. Yes, he was there at your wedding. He was not your savior. He was a person. He is a person. And we're commanded to honor one another just as much as we're commanded to love one another. And that's mutual. That is not one way. If you are experiencing it one way, that is wrong. That is not okay. You deserve to be treated way better than that. So when we, the, on the other side of it, and if you receive honor, like I said, you got to immediately transfer that to God. Give it to him. Give him the glory. He deserves it. And don't say, it was God, man. It's all God. It wasn't. You did it. You did a great job. You deserve that. You deserve the praise. And you deserve honor. You do not deserve the glory. So honor is medicine. Can do a lot of great things in the right dosage. But when excessive, it's not okay. And you can overdose. So give honor freely. Be the biggest champion of other people's successes. Be the person who shares your faults. Shares what you're processing. Shares what you're going through. And you'll experience proper honor because honor in itself is weight and a lot of you are doing amazing things you deserve honor you deserve to be treated with respect but you do not deserve to get glory because you are not god and you'll never you'll never make the mark so if you're in an environment where honor is very toxic and the things that i've even communicated might be triggering to you or might hurt you uh, I, I want you to know that um, there's there's so much good in the church, and for you to run away from the church is not the solution. What you should do is immediately, obviously, um, get into counseling to be able to express in a in a in a safe space the things that you've experienced. And this is my journey. Talk through it with somebody who isn't a yes man, isn't going to just say things to make you feel good, uh, but they're going to be honest with you and tell you, hey, I think that's actually right. You probably shouldn't be in that environment anymore because I, I know people that would rather serve a king in a castle despite finding nowhere in scripture that that's the case then live in a free space to be themselves, to build God's house with people who love them, who are going to challenge them, to serve with them, and a lead pastor who isn't hidden away in a green room 
which not anti-green room, not, I think they're okay. I think safe spaces are okay. I think being protected, I think security is okay for a pastor. I think it's important for everyone to feel safe, including the lead pastor. But you're not a superstar. And if you have a superstar in your church, just know God is working on them. We are not called to save people. We're not even called to change people, man. That's the reality. So if you have someone going through something or maybe you're at coffee and somebody's talking about a very toxic environment they're in, the church is not supposed to be that way. And God's bride isn't that way. It's very beautiful. It's very diverse. It's very vibrant, very passionate, very fun, very excellent. Uh, it's very hospitable. It's very, um, it's impossible not to go be all in and not change. I'll say that a place that fosters growth is God's house. So thank you so much for watching this or listening to this. I hope um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this topic a lot just because it's something that I'm processing currently. I've been around a lot. Uh, and it's something that I'm passionate about. It's, it's bringing light to a truth that is altered. Um, an altered truth is no longer a truth. And when we hurt people for the right to honor, we're not doing it right. Because honor is not the goal. Servanthood, humility, accountability, trust, those things. Just, just listen to those words versus honor. Again, honor is where we give weight. So if you give your leader honor, show them honor, show them respect, show them they deserve it. They're, they're investing so much time into you resources into you they're taking time out of their life to pour into you oh my goodness there's people who deserve honor but there's also a reality of man you're just it ain't it and i got that being said but thanks for listening to this uh i value so much and give honor to you listening to this for listening to this podcast um and and going through whatever you're going through because it's important God sees it, and I hope humanity sees it because we are better together. I'll say that. The church is better together. Our friends, our family, we're better together, man. It doesn't mean physically you can be on Zoom with a bestie or coffee with a pastor. Whoever it is, you belong in community. You belong in the church, and we value you so much. No matter where you are on the journey, you are important to God, and you're important to me. You're part of this community. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week.